everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 122, Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we talk about all things Service Hub, which is HubSpot's new product. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I am overwhelmed. I have to say, I am feeling overwhelmed too. I am quite, uh, I want to say, excited. I'm geeking out over this. Uh, I know. Um, we've spent all afternoon going through this, haven't we? Yeah. And uh, we've hit quite a few walls yes. and then got over the walls. And I tell you what, when you bash your head against something <laughs> and long enough and then you get over it and work it out, it's such a satisfying feeling. And I feel we've hit a lot of walls exploring yes. service hub and bots and things like that we're going to talk about in the show. Correct. I'm now over that frustration part and onto the, man, the possibilities available here with this tool mm. quite incredible so yeah i am energized. you're quietly excited i'm energized yeah all right inbound thought of the week craig customer service is your new revenue source just to position service hub which is hubspot's new announcement for the year really it's a huge announcement it's basically a whole third piece to their product suite so you've got the sales side you've got the marketing side now you've got the service side, which is all around customer service. And if you've seen their cool little videos, it's all about making the customer the center rather than the bottom of the funnel, which is quite nice. I like their positioning. They're good at that kind of messaging. But their whole thought is that customer service is a revenue source rather than just a afterthought. So that's their thought of the week. And that's the message that they're pushing. I'm not against that. And, you know, I was thinking, remember, we were doing shows about this a year or two. Yes. Well, maybe not two years ago, a year or so. A year ago, ago, yeah. But based on a lot of those findings that, say, Content Marketing Institute would do, they'd do these surveys and they would find that the trust factor for the customer service department was often a lot higher than the sales or the marketing side. And so customer service was that key part of the business that actually was a good revenue source. They were actually trusted and driving it. And this product is just that slots into that nice third piece of the sales, marketing and service offering of an all-in-one platform like HubSpot. So I think we're going to drill into the product itself in the episode tonight. But the thought of the week is that I guess the higher level positioning is that customer service is a revenue source and a growth source for the business. That's right. And before we carry on, we've got HubSpot User Group in Sydney on the 30th of May. That's at WeWork in Piedmont. So I encourage you all to register and attend and come and meet a few of us. And uh, what's the topic for the night there, Ian? That is a very good question, Craig. <laughs> we're actually really lucky. We're going to have Daniel Bershey from the Sydney office Talking, talking about, about Service Hub. That's right. So it's all things Service Hub on this episode. Exactly. So it's a good way to learn more about it and talk to people about how you can implement it in your business. All right. Now we're going to talk about the HubSpot features of the week. And we've got the Service Hub. Within the Service Hub, I just want to say there's a few things. There's ticketing. That's what we would call to track support, support tickets. tickets. Yeah. We've got a knowledge base. So I saw HubSpot was saying that, you know, this is a great way to people to help themselves, but also to get found on Google because you've got useful information. You've got a support form, so you can have a support form where you can embed this on your site. 
and that'll create a ticket. Yep. Correct. And then you've got surveys, which kind of do a kind of a, I think it's a net promoter score kind of stuff. That's style. one. And the other is, yeah, customer experience score, like a CES score. Yes. So, yeah. So the, those are kind of the key things there. One of the really big other big things we've seen is the whole unified inbox or what we call it conversations where it has chats, email in there so you can actually see what's going on. And I think social might be joining that sometime down the track. Uh, yeah. And in fact, Facebook Messenger is coming. Yes. Oh, this is on their roadmap, but I know in some of their videos that they've spoken about with partners, they've said Facebook Messenger is kind of their next big priority. For yes. Pulling that into the inbox. So let's actually talk about what the inbox is for starters. Yes. It's really a unified place where you can see all the tickets, all the emails. This is if you've got a inbox that's connected into HubSpot. So usually it's a shared inbox. So we were thinking about, um, say, delight at zen.com.au. Yeah, you know how everyone has like sales at their domain or service or support at mycompany.com. Yeah, delight. What delight. Delight. Our email address is results at zen.com.au. I thought that was cool a year ago. I think it's, I don't know, pretty probably pretty lame now. But yeah. Anyway, so like we're basically saying it's got to be a mailbox that people can email things through. We're talking about support or customer service here. Is that it's a single email box. It's not a Craig at Zen yes, that's email, right. but we need to have a support email that's accessible by many people. So that's the part. So the whole idea is to keep this all in one place. You have a unified view of what's going on, the conversation with the customer. Yeah, and just to explain that further, so say there's that shared email. So say it is service or support at your company. That comes in to the shared inbox, but then you assign it to a person, a team member. So you can grab it and say, oh, yep, I'll take that one. And then there's chats that come in as well. So it might be a chat that's popped up on the site. Someone started interacting. That comes into the inbox. Someone can say, oh, I'm going to jump on that one. And they can also rotate them out between team members as well if they're available because the team members say I'm online or available or not. So you can have that, all that kind of thing. So that's the shared inbox. And then from there, you can actually action things like support tickets as well. So a support ticket might come in. It's part of the shared inbox. So, yeah. Correct. Now, messages, what used to be called messages in the system has now become chats or is referred to as live chats. And names are in the process of changing. So in some portal, I see still called messages some it's turned into live chat this is actually really confusing this it is, is very one of the confusing. things that was getting me this afternoon it was like chat equals and basically here's the formula chat equals targeted messages yes so when you find targeted messages or messages that's actually now chat yes and another key thing is you can and which we're going to talk about the bots that are actually available now within the system is you can assign a bot to your targeted messages to do certain things now this is after we've been testing it all this afternoon, it took a little bit of time to get our head around it, but just be aware that this is what can be done. Yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but it is it is really, really interesting what the opportunities there are. And I think this is one of those little niches that I'm actually going to dive into Correct. and really um, put a lot of effort into because it is... It's site-wide. It's going to help with sales and marketing and, and support. And support. Correct. And you can automate stuff and then hand off to yes. real people. Yeah. So, okay, so give us some examples, Craig. All right. So here's the one that we were playing with this afternoon. We created a bot that would only show if you were a known contact. So you'd previously interacted with the site or filled out a form, so it knew who you were. Only show a bot to that person and then it 
it doesn't need to ask what's your name, what's your email or any of that kind of thing, which I find frustrating with a bot. You know, I, t- I start typing a message. Oh, before we go on, what's your name? Oh, and what's your email? It's like suck all my details out of me. Correct. And then and they tell me, <laughs> oh, sorry, no one's available. Like I find that incredibly frustrating. But so this bot was only showing for people no, that people. did know. So you've yes. come back to the site and then it pre-filled some stuff. So the bot then you can go through and it's got conditional logic or what they called connections, which I don't know why they chose that name, connections, but it's basically branching or conditional logic. Based on some of the keywords that they might have put in, you can then either push them some content or create a ticket or hand off, hand off to a real person. So you can have keywords in there and you can even just ask, the bot could ask the question, do you want to speak to a real person? Type yes. Yes, bang, hand off, off to a real person. But what we were thinking is like trigger terms. Um, so you can imagine the word pricing, ding, ding, straight off, hand off Sales. to a person. We were looking at things like, well, if they're interested in HubSpot or HubShots, the podcast, or perhaps lead flows, bang, put them straight through to me. Other questions, which might just be general, hi, I'm selling you a list of contacts. No, we'll push them off to automated response. So that's one Example, And I think the things that you can think about are the audiences you can target. So you might know the audiences or you might not. So there's often any of those things that a list could be where they are on the site. So, for yes. example, if you go to the HubSpot site and you go to their pricing page, the thing that pops up is around pricing. Yes. As we always say with lead flows, make them targeted to the content they're on. Well, do the same with your bots, yes. the, the messaging. You can automate some of the content recommendations. You can actually look for keywords, promote content. Oh, yes. have you seen this? And then I think the really interesting thing is the handoff to team members. And that's what was getting my head in. But you actually have to create a a targeted message, message. but then you have the bot linked to that targeted message. So you basically have your targeted message or your chat kind of set up for your audience targeting that, and then you assign the bot to it. And it's really cool. Once we worked out that conditional logic, and if you wanted to hand off versus not, that's where the power is. Yes. I also think that's where most people won't go because it's exactly. so confusing. It is confusing. It was so... bashing oh, <laughs> my head against the screen trying to work it out. We finally got it out. And um, the help on it is a little bit um, thin at the moment. Well, it's very new, Craig. It's very new. So. <laughs> but look, that, that's some of the things. Do you want to talk about Slack integration? Yeah. So now this is, this is one of the parts I thought that worked really well is you can actually connect this to Slack and you can communicate from Slack. This is if people are having a live conversation with you. And I thought that that actually worked better than using the actual tool to do yeah. it. It was, seemed to be more instantaneous. Yes. The chat communication was far more free-flowing. So at this stage, I'd say if you were going to have a live chat, you're almost better off connecting it into Slack and using it or having it there so you can actually have that option to do that. I actually think this is a really good option for a lot of companies. So... We've got one SalesPro account yep. in our portal, right? And so that's me. But the Slack integration now goes into our channel. team channel. Yes. Anyone on my team can jump in because it being the notification. Yes. And frankly, I have notifications for Slack. It's kind of probably the one one of the few notifications I have on my phone. Are you similar? Like yes, you, absolutely. Yeah. We're really... We switch every other notification. We do, don't we? But Slack, that stays on. Do you get email notifications? No. No, you've turned that off. Even right? social ones, I've turned Social, you've turned them all off. But Slack, you've kept on, right? Correct. So here's a great way. And my, I think most companies are the same. I know my team's the same. But yeah, once there's a chat on the site, bang, straight into Slack, notification, any team member can jump on and respond. I think that's a really 
really interesting. It's very powerful. Very, yeah, very um, slick way to do it. And then, of course, from Slack, if you want to, you can jump into the That's exactly right. uh, conversation yep. and take it from there. All right. So one thing, if you're using messages or what was now called live chat, previously when you had that enabled, if you were not online, it would still show on your website. And then they'd get a message saying, currently unavailable, give us your email but you can ask me another question and we'll get back to you. It's rather annoying or rather useless, I would say. They actually have an option now where you can turn it off. So if you're not online or if it's outside of the office hours, it'll basically not show on the website, which I think is fantastic. I think it's much better, yeah. Yeah. So there's a tip. Go check that box and check your settings so you can actually not show it. All right, now there's a whole bunch of reports that go with this um, on a reporting dashboard. One thing to note is, and we're probably going to... we've put this earlier in the show is that with a lot of other HubSpot products, there's either a free tier or a trial of some sort. This does not have that as yet. Yeah. It was confusing on the it price confusing. because I thought there was going to be a free tier that just had. That's what I thought. The which had converse, yeah, conversations. Yeah. Maybe they've taken that off. So I don't know what's happened, but just be aware that that's a, and a lot of features actually intercept with sales pro so just have a look and see. So obviously two different purposes, but there are lots of, there's a lot of overlapping that goes on within yeah. the product. Another quick tip is to go to your personal profile and make sure you've got notifications turned on. Correct. So you can get notifications of replies to chats and all of that kind of thing. Some of them are on by default, but a lot of them are turned off or not enabled by default. Yes. So go and check that out. But I think the purpose, what we wanted to chat about today on the show that we've covered is just a very quick, I guess, a shotgun approach about some of these features, some of the cool things that we're finding. And I think the takeaway from this kind of first segment is that in our opinion, for what our two cents, for what it's worth, this is a very exciting feature release. And I would compare that. Do you remember when they first released the ads add-on? Yes. Whenever initially, that, <laughs> I remember that. And we in our in in our episode, we're like, man, this is really bad. And later we came back and said, now it's really good. Mm-hmm. But this is one which is released, and we're like, wow, this is really good at the start. However, in our next shot, we're going to talk about some of the gotchas because Correct. it is a brand new release and That's it has right. its share of problems. All right, so we're going to talk about the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig, and this is to do with HubSpot sales quotes. So this is a new piece of functionality that has been oh, yeah, we added in, which we quotes. had no idea, yeah. and the ability to create quotes from products that are added in the system. So obviously to have products, you need to have Sales Pro. So these are products that are defined within the system so you can actually create a deal and have that, and then you can create a quote, right? And then we discovered we can actually add Stripe to get payment for the quote, which is really interesting. Now, one of the things we want to highlight is we did a test. You paid me a dollar from my dollar fund and discovered that when HubSpot was pushing through the details or when it collected your credit card details in Stripe to process the payment, even though you gave your email address, it actually didn't go into the receipt field where it was supposed to email the receipt. So you were sitting around waiting for your receipt for the dollar, which never turned up. And then when I logged into Stripe, I found out, oh, it says can't find an email address. And of course, I had to just manually copy and paste your email address and trigger the receipt to you. All right. Can I go back a few steps? Go ahead. I, I think I'll set the context because we should call this the geek out episode <laughs> because I think for a lot of people, they'd be going, what the hell are these guys talking about? Yes. What the hell is Stripe, for example? Most people might Correct. not even know what Stripe is. Right? But let me just take a step back. 
for our listeners. We're kind of probably so excited about this stuff. We're, stuff, we're a bit over ego. But what they've done is they've said, right, you've got a contact, you're creating a deal. And in HubSpot, as you said, Sales Pro, they've got products. Okay. So a product might be your consulting or blue widgets. And so for a deal, you set up, okay, here's a deal, and you add products. And now, now what this new quoting tool is, just straight from that deal, you go, oh, create a quote. And what it does, it creates this nice, very simple template, which actually ends up being a web page that you're going to send them through. And what you said is you can actually ask them for payments straight away. Now, Stripe is a payment gateway and it puts this great button on the quote, which you just, you can, someone pays you straight away into your Stripe account. You've got to set up a Stripe account. That's really easy. It's like setting up a PayPal account. It's really easy. And it's just working. We're like, when did they slip this one in? Because this is a great little tool. It's a very simple quote builder. And so this is going to be great for salespeople to send out a quote. You've highlighted one gotcha, which is just a bug. It's a bug, right? So exactly. we're, we're feeding this back to the product team. This is a bug. But there's a few other gotchas around quotes. Yes. So one is once you send a quote, you can't edit it. Correct. And in fact, you can't even delete it. And so if someone gets it and you're like, oh, there was an extra zero there and they actually accidentally pay, it's like, oh, well, I couldn't even delete the quote. I mean, you could go and refund them, of course. And yes. But you can't delete it. Mm. And in fact, even if you remove the products from the deal, it doesn't change the quote. And in fact, if you delete the deal, it doesn't delete the quote. Oh, so these yeah. are some things to be aware of. When it, And I just think this release has gone out. It's a great little feature. I mean, you're getting a you know, nice little feature for free if you've got sales pro. But it's very early days. Yes. So be aware of those kind of things. And I you think can, it, you can it just ex- shows where they're going. Yeah. You can expire the quote. So there Correct. is that option to expire it. So yes. it's worth doing that. Mm, that's a good to point. To put an expiry, give it like three days or five days, whatever it is, mm. and expire it. So it's got a finite time. All right. All right. Marketing tip of the week, Craig. We've actually got some more gotchas. We'll put them in the show notes, just things to be wary of with um, Service Hub and that, because it's been a pretty solid release. We've been, you know. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, we've been, you know, playing, what was it, playing with anger (laughs) (laughs) against it. So um, it's actually pretty good, pretty sleek, but there are a bunch of little quirks, as you'd expect with any new product um, related to it. So put some of those in the show notes and we're really interested in other people's feedback. There's a whole bunch of other podcasts that have covered it. And I know it's getting a lot of coverage in the partner communities, including a few links in the show notes around that as well. That's right. But well worth playing with. Yeah. All right. So the marketing tip of the week, Craig is actually to go and implement one of these things. And if you don't know where to start, give us a yell and we can help you out. So opinion of the week, Craig. All right, so here's an interesting conversation I had with a friend uh, last night, actually. We were talking about, well, I was saying HubSpot's all-in-one. Like, yes. that's a key kind of benefits, all-in-one platform. And I'm actually very wary of all-in-one platforms because they often mean all average segments or pieces in a platform compared to individual best-of-breed. And I think that's a good point because... If you're expecting best of breed in every part of a platform, it's not going to happen. However, in the course of that conversation, he was giving examples because I was saying HubSpot's an example of an all-in-one. He said, oh, yeah. He actually got a comparison of another system and he said, look, it's kind of every part of it is average. Altogether, it does quite a lot, but they're all average bits. I mean, their CRM is nothing like HubSpot CRM, for example, which is a best of breed solution. And I was kind of like, well, actually... I've just made the point that HubSpot is an all-in-one platform 
and you've actually used part of it as an example of best of breed compared to other platforms. So it's quite an interesting conversation around that. But his point actually was relevant in other areas. So if we look at Service Hub, it's entering the market now and it's integrated. It's really good. But if you've got Zendesk or some of these other tools that have been around for years, you can't possibly expect it to compete with those advanced features. And if you think about the chat and bots, it's not going to compare with Drift, especially some of their their very higher priced um, platforms. But you can see where it's going. I mean, if you think of the ads add-on when it started to where it's got to now, it's almost an irreplaceable, yes. you know, a mandatory piece of any install now. Correct. Service hubs getting there pretty quickly. That's right. And this will happen over time. So just be aware and it's a good time to adapt and, and learn. It's a good time to be a HubSpot customer. That's so. right. All right, podcast of the week, Craig? Moby, he's back. Moby's back. And, in fact, when we were preparing the show notes, I only had his Instagram episode, which oh, was yeah. previous, which yes. I listened to last week. I thought it was excellent. I was yep. like, oh, Moby's back. He's great. I listened to his episode, and it's all about Instagram. It's almost tips and tricks for Instagram. And, yes. Um, he calls it crushing it. And I was like, oh, crushing it, come on. But then I listened to the episode, and it's like, wow, that's actually a really good – it's a really good episode. I almost wanted to contact Moby and say, oh, can you take that down? Because I don't want any of my competitors <laughs> to hear it. So it's really good. But then when I was getting the link for it tonight, I noticed he's done another episode on Service Hub. Correct. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it so yet. So I have listened to that episode oh, right, where he yeah. interviewed Dave Shepard from HubSpot right. in Sydney. Dave explained about what it, what it was about. And Moby actually said he's actually started implementing Service Hub for one customer. So, oh, wow. So go. I think he's talking with a bit of experience behind him, which is good to see. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. I, actually, I was chat- we were chatting with Mads last week about Service Hub. He said, oh, we yeah, were. That's already right. Customers are buying it. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. So the ideal size, if you want service hub is really between two to five support people or people in the company that are supporting customers. That's the ideal sweet spot to buy that. All right, Craig, reasons of the week. I thought this is really interesting. This is from Think With Google. It's innovative Australian research unveils the path to purchase for international flights. What I found in this was some of the key things that people took away as they went on that journey. And how a lot of people are now doing a lot of research themselves and almost playing that part of a travel agent when they're doing the bookings. Now, where this didn't work, which I discovered, where they found where people were booking multiple flights, booking systems online didn't really have the same level of sophistication as what travel agents use. So they often found big price discrepancies so that's the time when they actually used an agent where they went oh i know i can go from here to here and then go to this destination but i'm getting these prices but i know it's only going to cost me half that so that was one of the reasons they used an agent when it got too hard the transaction actually got too hard to do it online isn't that interesting wouldn't you just think automated algorithms would work that out that's exactly right but obviously not it was interesting like uh, in terms of how many airlines were considered in the purchase and why they considered certain airlines and on what devices they actually did search for those airlines was really interesting. So there was a large proportion using desktop, which surprised me during the research and booking phases. And there's still a high percentage via mobile. There's still 33%. Mm-hmm. And actually, sorry, I stand corrected. It was actually 13% at the booking stage. Offline, talking to others was 33% at that point so even though they were doing their research and doing everything online they were still talking to lots of other people to actually gain insights and experience from that they could use when they're planning their trip right that is fascinating yes and what was really interesting 
was the airline consideration as they moved along this customer journey. So when they were dreaming about what trip they wanted, they had, oh yeah, it was about said six and a half airlines they were considering. As they did more research, that dropped to 6.2. And when they were about to book, it was at 5.5, right? And obviously at booking time, it goes to one because they're trying to fly with the one airline, mm. which I think is smart because I just had an experience recently where I booked with airlines on different networks and discovered that the amount of mucking around you have to go through to change terminals, not getting bags transferred and all these things. So I think when you look at the journey, like it's a lesson to me is next time I'll look at a partner airline on that network to fly with because the transaction and the flow is so much smoother than swapping networks and so on. Right, yeah. So yeah, so have a look at that. I think it's got some great insights for you. And on to our quote of the week, finally, Craig. Your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. I wonder who said that. Bill Gates, I believe. Wow. He would know. And you know what? When I chose this, I actually didn't realize we were doing it. Oh, really? I was like, that's perfect. (laughs) Got a perfect quote. Nice one. So there you go. Perfect. All right. We'd love you to leave us some feedback on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you'd like to join our Facebook group, Craig and myself are in there on a daily basis answering questions and helping you with whatever you need. So, Craig, until next time, catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.